So friends, I have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is, this is our final episode of the season. The good news is, this is our final episode of the season, which means, yes, I'm coming back for season two in a few short weeks. You're listening to We're All All Right, the show that explores all the reasons we have to be hopeful, even joyful, about humanity and about our world today, despite what we see in the headlines. I'm your host, Phyllis Wilson. Halfway through this season, episode four to be exact, I sat down with my producer, Sean, to talk about my intentions for this podcast where I saw this show going, and how it was going so far. So I thought it would be a great idea to revisit some of those questions now in the season finale, reflecting on eight episodes worth of podcastery. And while I don't have Sean here with me this time to ask the probing questions, now that we've worked together for several months, I do have a pretty decent facsimile of his voice in my head. But besides that, I'm an only child, so I've always been really, really good at talking to myself. One of my biggest intentions with this first season of We're All All Right, and really this podcast's reason for being, was to explore our relationships with what I'll call the collective, meaning all of us, all of humanity. And to do that through the lens of stories, headlines, issues, and questions that affect all of us. And in that exploration, my hope was to really remind us all of that connection that we have, that each of us has individually, with all of us, with everyone else. And I believe I've done that. In fact, I've heard from some of you that I and or this podcast has done that. I've also heard from some of you that the simple act of listening to and engaging in some of these big ideas these big life questions, has helped you to find a missing piece, so to speak, that you didn't even realize you'd been missing. This makes me so happy to hear, because I agree with you 100%. And it feels important to acknowledge that collectively, in the chaos, confusion, and turmoil over the last few years, We have all forgotten parts of ourselves and parts of our lives that we used to enjoy so much. And while we've been, all of us, doing the best we can, we also know that we collectively and individually can be doing so much better. I know that that starts with reclaiming those aspects of ourselves and our lives that have just, they've really just been misplaced, not lost or forgotten. And I'm thrilled that this podcast can be one of those things for you. Looking back over the season, I can also see that one of my original intentions was not a fully conscious intention. It's more like a motivation that only revealed itself now in hindsight. And that is that I wanted to help us make sense of that confusion and chaos of the last number of years as a way of helping us all, myself included, to feel better, to feel safe, to feel all right about our world and the times we're living in. 
But what I'm discovering, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised at this, I'm discovering that it's nearly impossible to make sense of this confusion. Trying to apply logic doesn't actually work because logic and reason just aren't what they used to be. And I know I'm laughing at the absurdity of that statement as I say it, just as you're probably laughing as you're hearing me say it, but I'm quite serious here. In fact, I devoted an entire episode, episode three, to this very thing, this post-truth era that we're living in, or what I call freedom of personal truth. Freedom of personal truth is essentially a denial of the notion that a collective truth exists at all. Or, if a collective truth is acknowledged, it's always rejected as less valid or even as illegitimate compared to one's personal truth. And it considers those people, in quotes, who buy into collective truth as being brainwashed. They've drunk the Kool-Aid. There's that terrible colloquialism again. I talked about that in episode 7 on cults. Put differently, denial or refusal of collective truth is denial or refusal of the notion of the collective, that there is an us at all. Instead, in this post-truth reality, there's me, and then there's everyone else. Bottom line, this is confusing as all hell. And since the same logic and reason no longer apply universally, or even for a sufficiently vast majority, well, making sense of it all may just not be in the cards, my friends. And it's when I realized that, that it hit me. This is the bad place. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's not what hit me. But fans of the show The Good Place will get that reference. And The Good Place, the show, is where we're going next. Full disclosure, I've been waiting since the very beginning, in fact, since the idea phase of this podcast to talk about The Good Place. Not only is it one of my all-time favorite works of television art ever, (laughs) it may very well be some of the smartest writing to ever come to the small screen, certainly for a comedy series, which I would argue it is, but also not exactly. It's perhaps only rivaled in that by Arrested Development, but that's a completely different category of comedy. I digress. If you aren't familiar with The Good Place, let me give you a brief synopsis. On the surface, the show follows four ordinary, recently deceased people, Eleanor, Chidi, Tahani, and Jason, as they navigate the afterlife with the help of their, let's call him guide, Michael, and Janet, let's call her Michael's companion for simplicity's sake. All of these actors are excellent, by the way, but the names that you might immediately recognize are Kristen Bell, who plays Eleanor, one of the four humans, 
and Ted Danson, who plays Michael, their guide in the afterlife. By the way, if you have watched The Good Place and you were on the fence about it or never really got into it, maybe I can inspire you to give it another shot. It's worth it. I'm going to focus on two episodes in particular. The first is Season 3, Episode 11, entitled Chidi Sees the Time Knife. And the second is the second-to-last episode of the series, Season 4, Episode 12, entitled Patty. And yes, these episodes are obviously well into the series, so I will at this point alert you to minor spoilers ahead. But truly, even if I gave the whole thing away, which I'm not going to do, it's a pretty impossible show to spoil. Hey there, friend. Really quickly, while I have you here, did you know that when I'm not waxing philosophical about finding joy and connection in our chaotic world, I'm coaching other coaches, and trainers and consultants too, to move way beyond their self-imposed limitations so they can play a much, much bigger game in the world with much, much bigger players, all while reclaiming more time to enjoy this amazing life and pursue everything they're passionate about. It's true, that's what I do. I work with clients both privately in a one-on-one setting and in an intimate group program called the Mentors Mastermind. If this sounds like something you've been looking for, I would love to speak with you. Head on over to my website at phyllis.wilson.pw and click on Talk to Phyllis. Okay, so the setup out of the way, here goes. Just before the first episode I mentioned, Chidi sees the time knife, the characters have learned that absolutely no one has gotten into the good place in over 500 years. Instead, everybody, once they die on Earth, has gone straight to <clears throat> the bad place. At first, they think that the folks in charge over in the bad place must have been sabotaging the accounting system that keeps track of everybody's points during their time on Earth. You know, because that's what determines one's fate in the afterlife. Points, naturally. But what they discover is that, no, it wasn't sabotage at all. With the lightning speed advancement of technology population growth, and our increasing interconnectedness, life on Earth has gotten so incredibly complicated that the already complex and nuanced practice of being a good person and doing the right thing, I think you can hear my air quotes there, it became so difficult that it was in fact impossible for the points system to properly keep track anymore. In other words, life on Earth right now is so confusing that logic, in this case, add points for good deeds, subtract points for bad ones, no longer applies. Or at least, it's no longer all that useful, and certainly not helpful. Right, exactly what I was saying before, right? (laughs) This concept is actually embedded in the character of Chidi throughout the whole series. The reason Chidi ended up in, let's call it limbo, not quite the good place, not quite the bad place, 
was that he never made a firm decision in his entire life. Instead, in an effort to be a good person, of course, he would weigh every single possible scenario and every single consequence he could think of. And as a professor of moral philosophy, he could basically think of them all. So in an effort to do the right thing, he rarely did anything and let down a lot of people who loved him in that process. Whether you've seen the series or not, I would recommend jumping straight to this episode, if only to watch the first five or ten minutes to see the characters make these connections and come to these realizations themselves. If nothing else, watch for the always hilarious Maya Rudolph, who has a recurring guest role as the judge. Every afterlife must have a judge, of course. She takes a trip to every country on Earth to experience this confusion for herself and comes back to report her findings. And what she has to say kind of says it all. The other episode I wanted to talk about is the penultimate episode, Season 4, Episode 12, Patty. This episode is really like part one of a two-part series finale, so if you're one of those people who likes to start with the ending, and hey, no judgment, I suggest watching this one and then the finale called Whenever You're Ready. Watch them together. So by this point, the characters have arrived in the real, true, good place, and what they find is absolutely not what they expected. What I'm about to describe can never really do it justice, so you'll have to see it for yourself, but here goes. To celebrate their arrival, the group is greeted by a welcome party filled with people who died over 500 years ago, of course, because no one's gotten in since then. And so the fact that they're all dressed in modern clothing as a way to make the newcomers welcome, it becomes pretty funny when some of them start talking about how they died in circumstances that just don't exist anymore. But what's most striking about this group, the inhabitants of The Good Place, is that having spent millennia, or timeless time, I suppose is more accurate, Being in paradise with nothing short of an infinite abundance of joy and play and pleasure, every single one of these people is bored, listless, apathetic, and stupid. Even Hypatia of Alexandria could be pronounced Hypatia, a real-life historical figure, by the way, a female philosopher and mathematician from the 4th century. She goes by Patty now, hence the title of this episode, and she's played by Lisa Kudrow. Even she just spends eternity drinking milkshakes and peeing herself. Not as gross as it sounds, as she explains, it just evaporates immediately. At one point, she looks down at the number five on the football jersey she's wearing and asks, is that an S on my shirt or is that a math? Here's why this episode lands so perfectly for me. I think that a lot of us spend a lot of time and a lot of energy thinking about and working toward making the world a better place, right? 
I know that for a lot of us, and I'm going to say most of us, we feel that that's one of the most important and meaningful things we can do with our lives. As a mentor in the personal development space, I think about this, and I'm surrounded by people who think about this all the time. And yet, I wonder, especially since seeing this episode of The Good Place, what do we, what do I really mean when we say things like change the world or make the world a better place? Because I think that what many of us mean is to alleviate suffering. And I think for many of us, alleviating suffering means eradicating certain human ills, societal, cultural, environmental, physical, spiritual, etc. I mean, that's exactly what I've been talking about with regard to this podcast, helping us see from one another's perspective so that we can start to end the divisiveness that's been plaguing us and helping us make sense of the confusion. But I do wonder, to what end? Now, to be clear, I am not going full-blown nihilist on you. I very much believe that my intentions and your intentions, any of our human intentions to make the world a better place, are great things to have. I would even argue that it's that desire and hope and faith in ourselves that makes us human. And I can see that we need something, many things, to exist in particular ways, ways that we don't like, ways that we don't agree with, that we think are wrong and bad. We need them to exist in those ways so that we can desire for them to be different and so that we can leverage our hope and our faith in ourselves to make them different. Because otherwise, if we totally eradicate everything that's terrible in this world, and all we're left with is an infinite abundance of the good stuff. Well, I, for one, can totally see how we'd end up drunk on milkshakes 24-7 and peeing ourselves. Seriously, though, I think the really profound lesson here is this. If making sense of the confusion of this world is impossible, and if doing the right thing in this world is increasingly difficult, and if we're not going to give up on making the world a better place, even if all of the above are true, then I think that we're left with acceptance. Not as a reason not to try, but as a foundation, a resting place, and a starting point from which to engage our minds so that we don't become stupid and to evoke our compassion so that we don't become apathetic, and to make an effort so that we don't become listless and complacent blobs of mush people. Seriously, watch this episode, the whole show, it's just so good. 
And I hope that this podcast continues to be one of the ways that you do all of those things. Thank you for sticking with me thus far. While season one has been dedicated to exploring our relationships with the collective, in season two, we'll be exploring our relationships with identity. How do we define ourselves as unique individuals, even as we identify as part of various groups? And how do we think about other individuals whose identity comes in part from groups that we don't agree with or understand? Pretty juicy, right? In the meantime, let's keep chatting about everything you've discovered this season. Definitely let me know what you think of The Good Place, whether you're a first-time viewer, a long-time fan, or you're just giving it another shot. You can find me and all episodes of this podcast at phyllis.wilson.pw and on Instagram at allrightpodcast. And if you haven't already, don't forget to hit follow on your favorite podcast player so you'd never miss an episode of We're All All Right. All right.